What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Wednesday. We have a lot to talk about as it relates to the heavyweight division in boxing. But first, as always, the drink of the day is Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. I just drank a glass. It was really great. Got me up and ready for this podcast. Now let's get it. All right, everybody. So as we found out this past weekend, you can never overlook your opponent, even if you're the top heavyweight in the world. Tyson Fury was taken the distance by Francis Ngannou, and not only taken the distance, but was knocked down in the third round. This was a really exciting fight. I was really excited going into it just because I was curious to see how Francis Ngannou would look. I was curious to see how his power would be felt against Tyson Fury. Given that Tyson Fury has defeated Deontay Wilder three times, I didn't expect Francis Ngannou to really assert himself in a way that would make Tyson Fury fight cautiously, show some effect on him, or, you know, put him in any real sense of danger. Well, I was completely wrong, and I'm assuming most of the world was completely wrong because I feel like everyone on social media, everyone I've spoken to in person was flabbergasted. When Francis Ngannou landed that overhand to knock down Tyson Fury... It was like the world erupted and everyone was like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Tyson Fury had a look on his face like, wow. Like, he had no idea what hit him. He was genuinely trying to comprehend, like, how this shot could have put him down. Eventually, after the fight, Tyson Fury, I wouldn't say complained, but he mentioned that the punch landing behind his ear should be considered a rabbit punch, and that's what contributed to him being knocked down. I mean, it was like barely behind his ear. It was it was on the side of his head, man, and it was a perfectly placed shot. Francis Ngannou really boxed well. He had tremendous poise and didn't overexert himself, almost to a fault, but he didn't uh, put himself in any harm's way, fought cautiously, clearly listened to his coach as well, and went out there and lost a split decision. Now, I will say that Francis Ngannou had every opportunity in the world going into those championship rounds to win this fight, and he just didn't get the job done. He landed two and four punches, respectively, in the last uh, two rounds of the fight, the ninth and tenth rounds, and this is just simply not okay if you're trying to win a fight against the current heavyweight champion of the world. You know, it's often said that to, to defeat the champ, You have to truly defeat them. You have to unseat them from that throne. And Francis Ngannou, you know, lack of experience in the boxing ring and all, didn't do enough in those final two rounds to earn that victory. So it was a little disappointing. It would have been so exciting if he would have walked out victorious. But at the end of the day, the fight happened the way the fight happened. Francis Ngannou made himself a major player. And Tyson Fury low-key did damage to his legacy. Tyson Fury, wrongfully or not, was in some conversations for one of the best heavyweights of all time. He was clearly mentioned as the top heavyweight of this uh, era, you know, having previously defeated uh, Vladimir Klitschko, ending that 10-year dominant run, defeating uh, Deontay Wilder, ending that, uh, what was it, five-and-a-half, six-year run as champion, and man... Tyson Fury just went out there, laid an egg, and now those conversations are gone. Now he's looked at someone who's overhyped, 
historically, and uh, it'll take a lot for him to earn the respect of the boxing community back, at least at that level. Uh, he, I, I, In my opinion, he'll probably no longer ever be in that type of conversation, and you know, it's a conversation that was probably a little too far-fetched to begin with, but at the end of the day, what he had done to that point, you had to respect it, and everyone is due for an off night, but for it to be against someone who's making their boxing debut, that's just completely unacceptable. Now, Francis Ngannou, on the other hand, he's really made himself a major player. We'll get a little more into that a little bit later. First, we want to dive into Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk a little further because that's what was on everyone's mind even while the Francis Ngannou fight was going on and, of course, leading up to it. Weeks before the Francis Ngannou fight, Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk came to an agreement on not just one but two fights to figure out who the, the true undisputed champion in the heavyweight division is. This would be the first champion of to receive undisputed status since Lennox Lewis in the 90s. And, yeah, everyone was clearly overlooking Francis Ngannou as an opponent. And even if Tyson Fury says he wasn't doing so, I mean, how else can you explain what happened? He clearly didn't take training as seriously um, as he has other opponents in his past. I think it's... Uh, not so much a secret anymore that Tyson Fury kind of plays up and down to his competition. You know, we saw this against Odo Wallen a few years ago. We saw this against Francis Ngannou now. And then alternatively, we've seen him step up against Deontay Wilder and completely dominate him. Now with Tyson Fury looking at Alexander Usyk solely going forward, it'll be interesting to see if he's mentally fit for his fight. You know, Based on the conversations that are being had right now, it seems like that might be in question. Of course, Tyson Fury before this fight was very adamant about this fight needing to take place on December 23rd. He, he so far has went to push, 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 and said Usyk will have to fight on December 23rd or else lawyers will get involved. Well, now that he's had this tough fight against Francis Ngannou, was left to the black eye and, quite frankly, humiliated, eh, he's kind of pulling off from that a little bit. He's citing injury concerns, and he's trying to get this fight pushed till February, and his management team has gone so far to say that this fight will be happening in February. Now, Team Usyk is calling his bluff. They're demanding medical proof for this fight to be pushed till February. They're saying, all right, if you want to push this fight till February, we're more than happy to do so. You know, you're citing an injury. We, we respect that. Just show us some proof. And he's saying if you can't do that and you're still pushing to get this um, fight um, staged in February as opposed to December, well, then we want you to be stripped because you're simply just stalling. You're trying to get back mentally. And, hey, you tried to hard arm me. Well, hey, get a taste of this medicine. Now, given the way boxing works and what we've seen historically, I have no doubt in my mind that this fight will be happening in February. I'd put it at next to 0% chances happens in December now, just given how with promoters involved, we're already in November. So I just can't see this being resolved in a month's time with promotion needing to be built. And to be honest, a December 23rd fight would have been a very quick turnaround anyway because they couldn't truly promote it 
with the Francis Ngannou fight going on, or else you'd just be completely dismissing Francis Ngannou as an opponent, and not just as an opponent, but as a pay-per-view draw, which that fight was on pay-per-view. So if you're completely dismissing that in the lead-up to that fight, so much so that you're not even talking about it whatsoever, then, yeah, you're just doing bad business. And, you know, with Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, and top-ranked team working with uh, the Saudis in Riyadh, I don't think it would be in their best interest to, you know, disrupt that. You know, take this fight on full head of steam as they did, at least promotionally speaking, maybe not so much with training, and then go on from there. Well, we saw what happened. Tyson Fury got humiliated. Looks like this fight's going to be in February. And as we get closer to an actual confirmation, we'll talk a little bit more about that fight. But in short, I expect Tyson Fury to bounce back just fine. His size and his strength will be a lot for Alexander Usyk to overcome. One of the key differences between the Francis Ngannou fight and fights with, say, the Deontay Wilder is, one, similarity. Both of them have strong punching power. Obviously, Deontay Wilder's been in boxing for quite some time, former Olympian, you know, knocked out every opponent he's ever faced except Tyson Fury, who he's knocked down four times in three fights. Francis Ngannou, though, he has so much lower body strength, and having an understanding of jiu-jitsu and takedown defense, when Tyson Fury, one of his tactics is to hold and lean on their opponent and put his weight on that opponent to tire them down throughout the fight, with someone like Francis Ngannou who understands how to maneuver his body to not be taken down, to not only not be taken down, but use that weight of his opponent against him. That's something that Tyson Fury, I don't think, fully uh, understood going into this fight and was very surprising for him and led to him getting a little tired later on in the fight. Because we, we truly haven't seen Tyson Fury deal with that amount of stress and that amount of fatigue in a fight in quite some time, if not ever. And just given that Alexander Usyk, even though his boxing powers are so far advanced from someone like a Deontay Wilder, given that he's a former cruiserweight, relatively smaller guy for the heavyweight division in general, especially compared to Tyson Fury, I think Tyson Fury's weight will play to his advantage in that fight, and it'll be hard for Usyk to overcome. Now, Usyk is great on his movement. He understands how to box beautifully, utilizes his jab, has some sneaky power, so I think it'll be really, really tough. I think the key determining factor will be how Fury looks heading into this fight. Is he mentally clear? Is he fully focused? Will he have his full 100% confidence? If so, then I think he has very good, strong chance of winning that fight. But if he doesn't, Usyk is very, very confident right now. You know, he doesn't necessarily have anything to lose being the former cruiserweight undisputed champ, moving up to the heavyweight division. He's already won three out of the four major belts. And then if you include the ring magazine belt, four out of the five. And if you want to include the IBO for that matter, five out of the six. He has done everything in his career to get to this point and not feel pressure. Tyson Fury, on the other hand, after having laid an egg against Francis Ngannou, he just gave himself so much more pressure, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. So I'll wait for my full full prediction as we get a little closer to this fight. I feel like once we get a confirmed date, I'll give my full 
full picture. I'm honestly 50-50 right now. If you would have asked me a week ago prior to the Ngannou fight, I would have said Tyson Fury hands down, but now not so much. I'm not really sure. Um, that's how big of an impact this Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou fight had on the, the heavyweight division and the upcoming fight between Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. Now what's next for Ngannou on the other hand? I'd say check a box next to a whole lot of money. He's going to have the whole boxing world at his fingertips if he so chooses. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder have already expressed interest. Eddie Hearn reached out on Anthony Joshua's behalf. Wilder and and Ngannou have had talks on numerous occasions in the past and have only ramped that up since uh, the Ngannou loss to uh, Tyson Fury. Now, Wilder is very adamant. His trainer, Malik Scott, is very adamant that they're already in talks, and this is something that has already kind of been in the works in the background for some time. You talk to uh, Deontay Wilder's team, you talk to Francis Ngannou's team with the PFL, it seems like there's some potential for a mixed rules fight. Honestly, that'd be really exciting as a fan. I would love to see that. I think in a mixed rules fight, I would not want to see any kicks. If you want to try takedowns, sure, go ahead. If you want to do have elbows, sure, go ahead. But I don't want to see any kicks, man. And honestly, if you want to just have punches and elbows, I'm fine with that as well. Fuck, fuck having a takedown. Just have some, some straight-up stand-up striking. That would be really exciting. On the other hand, though, I do want to see this solely being a boxing match, at least for one fight if they want to sign up for two fights and have the first fight be boxing the second fight be a mixed rules that would be fine with me just because i want to see this on i both of their professional records you know if if francis and was in the ufc i'd be a little concerned about the possibility of this happening but given that he's with the pfl you know the PFL founder Don Davis even went as far as to say that it would be huge for the PFL to move forward with a fight against Deontay Wilder. This is something that's really exciting for the fans, and something that he, as in the PFL and Francis Ngannou, worked very well together to one co-create this contract for him to join the PFL and offer opportunities like this to grow his brand and grow their brand simultaneously. So it's very encouraging to see. And as a side note, I think the UFC should be very worried if this moves on, you know, as it's currently being talked about. Because if you're an MMA fighter who's already earned name recognition, fan, star power, all those great things, why would you stay in the UFC if you can go over to the PFL and freely box whenever you have a chance? Francis Ngannou made upwards of $10 million in this Tyson Fury fight. He's barely made one to two million per fight in his UFC fights prior. Now at the PFL, those purses will probably be higher than the, his uh, former UFC fights. Likely to not be as high as in boxing, but with the flexibility to box when he so chooses. Yeah, I don't see why MMA fighters would stick with the UFC in that case going forward if they can show a sustained amount of success over time. And, you know, Francis Ngannou broke down barriers in this regard, and we'll see if he's able to continue with with this. Now, if you want to go into what I'm truly hoping for, I want Fury versus Usyk in 2024 in February with a rematch coming maybe October, maybe November. You know, Thanksgiving weekend would be really nice. 
leading up to Halloween, just like this past fight with Francis Ngannou would be really nice for that rematch. But the first fight in February would be sick. Maybe Super Bowl weekend, great time to get everyone around the screen. That'd be a nice lead-in to the game. That's something that I really want to see for the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Now, I also want to see Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou. I kind of touched on it a little earlier. I want to see two fights with between them two as well in 2024. I want to see a boxing match, top of the year, and then I want to see a mixed rules fight to close out the year. And then at that point, whoever comes out victorious, set them up for an opportunity for the for the heavyweight champion of the world. Or maybe set them up against an Anthony Joshua. Actually, yeah, scratch that. I don't want to see two fights between Wilder and Ngannou. I want to see one. Whoever comes out victorious, have them fight Anthony Joshua. Because we, we both know Anthony Joshua is not going to fight anyone worth a damn until he gets an opportunity with either Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, or Alexander Usyk again. He's not risking himself getting another L by fighting someone at his level anymore. Unless, of course, that's a chance to get the IBF belt, which, we, as we know, the IBF has already stated that they're not going to sanction their belt for the undisputed uh, rematch when that happens because they want a mandatory challenger to face that opponent at that ch- time. Anthony Joshua will be ranked third at that at that point in time. He won't have an opportunity to fight for that belt, but if he stalls long enough, is willing to wait and fight for that belt, come out as champion, I could see that happening. So yeah, let's see uh, Wilder and Ganu, top of the year, Fury and Usyk, top of the year, have a rematch between Fury and Usyk, and then Deontay Wilder hopefully get an Anthony Joshua fight after that, and if not, just fight someone else, earn some money, stay stay busy, and then hopefully get another crack at either Tyson Fury for a fourth time or Alexander Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. We have the table set for a, such an exciting 2024 as it relates to the heavyweight division. And honestly, this is all thanks to Francis Ngannou. He brought so much more intrigue to the division. Truly made the Fury versus Usyk fight 50-50 as if it wasn't already, but now people are genuinely scared for Fury. They're not sure if he's going to be able to come into that fight and leave it with all the belts. Or at least not as many people are seeing that as they did prior to that fight taking place. So we'll see, man. Very exciting stuff in the heavyweight division, and I'm all here for it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bad Promoter. As always, keep up with me online at thebadpromoter.com. Keep listening to the podcast on Spotify. Follow my Substack, And keep up with me on Instagram and Twitter at The Bad Promoter. Let's get it.